This is an RNZ podcast. This is the last box seat in the foreseeable future. Uh, obvious the reasons around that programming here on Trackside is going to stop and see. That was Michael Guerin, the host of the harness racing show Box Seat on the TAB's channel Trackside TV, telling viewers that time was up for the show back on the 18th of March last year. At that time, race meetings had already been scaled back as COVID-19 precautions began to kick in and the channel's programmes were the first media casualty of COVID-19 in New Zealand. Now, when the Prime Minister announced four days later that we'd all be in a Level 4 lockdown just 72 hours after that, it sent a shiver through other commercial media companies, with the pundits pondering whether some of them would survive the inevitable slump in revenue to come. And within one week at Level 4, another sports broadcaster bit the dust. Thanks very much to Mark Kelly for producing our programme, The Radio Sport Breakfast. Stay safe today. For Monday, we will rejoin you tomorrow from 6am. Tuesday morning, Jason Pye next from Wellington. So sudden was a closure announcement by radio sports owner NZME that breakfast host Kent Johns wasn't back the next day. 24 hours later, radio sports frequencies were already carrying News Talk ZB indefinitely. It was the end of 26 years of broadcasting as Radio Sport, the nationwide network that followed on from Radio New Zealand's Sports Roundup, which offered ball-by-ball cricket commentary in the summer, regular reports from grounds around the country, even Lawn Bowls was broadcast live nationwide down the years. But for some, all this was the soundtrack to daily life, and they were going to miss it once it was gone. Today's been a little bit of a sad day this afternoon for me. I'm a big fan of radio sport. Yeah. And gone. That was talkback caller Peter, who called Marcus Lush on News Talk ZB the day radio sport closed down for good last year. Now, Radio Sport's immediate problem back then was no sport to put on the radio. Pretty much all of it everywhere was off because of COVID. But others in the industry pointed out that Radio Sport had already been losing money, listeners and presence. And just one month earlier, the owner NZME had chosen not to renew Radio Sport's rights to live New Zealand cricket games, something some pundits said proved that the writing was on the wall for Radio Sport, pandemic or not. And while there was a fair bit of emotional tribute-type coverage that followed Radio Sport's sudden death back then, some of it struck a different tone. For example, Stuff Sports journalist Dana Johansson, who'd spent seven months at Radio Sport, said there was a suffocating blokiness about the place. Despite various attempts to introduce women into the on-air mix over the years, she said, Radio Sport was never able to shake that macho energy. Journalist Ricky Swinnell, now at Sky Sports, told Stuff that a lot of what happened behind the scenes at Radio Sport was not for public consumption. And there was plenty of public anger when Radio Sport presenter Tony Veach was convicted for a serious assault on his partner back in 2009. The investigation into that revealed it wasn't the only one, yet two years later, Veach was welcomed back to Radio Sport and he hosted the main weekend show, Veach on Sport, for five more years. When he left in 2017, the slots were taken over by Martin Devlin, who moved across to News Talk ZB when Radio Sport folded. And as we heard on Media Watch last weekend, he's now in the last chance saloon there after trying to hit a male colleague earlier this month and sending inappropriate messages to female ones. And all that is still under investigation by NZME. Now, on the day that Radio Sport died in March last year, ZB host Marcus Lush tried to soothe talkback caller Peter by telling him this. Sport will, sport will come back, and, oh, yeah, I imag- yeah, and I imagine some form of sport radio will come back. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so, because there's been some great hosts. 
but others weren't so sure that any broadcaster here would take a punt on reviving a live radio network dedicated to sport. However, one year later, a broadcaster across the Tasman has spotted the gap in the market here and reckons it's big enough to move into. In March, Australia's Sports Entertainment Network announced plans to acquire the AM-FM radio licences the TAB used for trackside and it promised a 24-7 sports talk format nationwide with big-name Kiwi sports identities as hosts. Former New Zealand cricket captain Brendan McCullum, veteran commentator Ian Smith and former all-black Israel Dagg were three of the main names announced in recent weeks. And behind the scenes, former radio sports stalwart Jason Pine was hired as the content director. And within the last fortnight, there's been more signs of more momentum. Sport Entertainment Network has advertised for newsreaders, a broadcast engineer and a broadcast operations and content manager. And it's named More Presenters. 2011 Rugby World Cup winner Stephen Donald, former TVNZ reporter Kirsty Stanaway, former TAB frontman Mark Stafford, and young multimedia producer and reporter Sam Casey, also known as Lashes. We welcome here the Waratahs, who we played in the semi-final last year. And we know how that went down. We gave them an early holiday. But what kind of company is the Sports Entertainment Network? Well, it broadcasts live action from some of Australia's most popular sports and it has dedicated shows like AFL Nation, NRL Nation, Big Bash Nation and Football Nation. And it also has an array of other channels, marketing and events businesses and online platforms and websites. Indeed, it's talked about by some as an Aussie version of the US-based multimedia sports outfit ESPN. But the mainstay of the sports entertainment network is lots and lots of local radio stations across Australia. But while SEN is not a household name over here, it turns out it wasn't all that well known in Australia either until quite recently, so rapidly has it grown. It grew out of a tiny marketing company called Croc Media, which was co-founded by the company's current majority owner Craig Hutchison just 15 years ago. Now he started out as a not exactly stellar news journalist in the early 1990s, but he went on to build a national sports media empire from scratch over the past 10 years with incremental acquisitions and mergers. A recent profile of him in Melbourne's daily paper The Age said that Hutchinson's endgame is constant creeping growth like a weed insinuating itself into every monetizable open patch of the national media landscape. And expansion into New Zealand is the company's first international move. Now Craig Hutchison was due to unveil plans to the media here in Auckland next Wednesday. But once again, COVID chaos has got in the way. Top stories this morning. New Zealanders in Melbourne will be stuck there for at least another week. Flights to and from the city remain on pause after Victoria went into lockdown last night. And will New Zealand let the Australian Prime Minister into the country after his visit to Melbourne? And the lockdown in Victoria has given SEN's sports stations there plenty to talk about. Lockdown is coming. We're just waiting to be told. As COVID exposure sites multiplied by the hour yesterday, taking in the MCG and Marvel Stadium, the mood became one of inevitability. Well, that was the voice of Jared Waitley, one of the star broadcasters in Australia for the Sports Entertainment Network. And there he was on air last Thursday with the latest lockdown looming in Victoria. So this week I asked Jared, will the New Zealand network they're setting up be much like the radio sport that we had pre-COVID? And will it have the same blokey vibe that some say was one reason they don't miss that now that it's gone? But first, Jared told me how COVID was once again throwing all their work up in the air. Colin, it's remarkable to be back in the same position. It has an eerie feeling. For a couple of days, it's had an ominous feeling. 
And there'll be emotional responses, I think, in, in all sorts of people from the the players of the sports to the fans who don't get to go and just the, the uncertainty. But fingers crossed that seven days sees Victoria through this time. But if you if you walked out and polled people, I think they would probably tell you through bitter experience that we expect it to be longer. Well, we did uh, hope Mr Hutchinson, your chief executive, would be here next week to announce plans for SENZ. <laughs> we, we don't know quite how that'll happen or we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, but SEN is not a well-known name in this country. And interestingly, on the website it says our commitment at this company is to create communications for each specific market and content presented with a passionate parochial lens. So is that how it is at your, your various states and cities and territories in Australia? Um, and do you think that's what they'll try and apply when they set up here in New Zealand? So I'd had a, a gentle connection with your sports radio previously in New Zealand through cricket and the like. So when that fell during COVID, that was felt in Australia. And then in Australia, we are carved up as Victoria follows the AFL with a passion, as does South Australia and Western Australia. But North... New South Wales and Queensland are rugby league towns. So to tailor stations that absolutely um, tap into the the pulse of the sporting town rather than have one generic overall, that, that, that has been the advancement really of the past three years under our direction and management. Yeah, but Jared, the suspicion here will be that, OK, we've now got Australian uh, broadcasting companies setting up in New Zealand that it will end up with commentaries of, you know, I don't know, Aussie states playing in the Big Bash League or something like that. And, uh, and that'll come down the pipe from Australia and it might not be things that our local fans would really want to uh, dig into. I wouldn't think that would be the case. So I know some of the people who are, are being hired um, to be the, the, the backroom staff. I know the on-air talent in Brendan McCullum and Ian Smith and the like, and that that knowledge that it is the All Blacks and cricket which will create the, the discussion, will create the debate, will create the passion. We broadcast test series involving Australia. I, I would fully expect that our ambition is to have New Zealand test cricket on the radio, wherever it's played around the world and at whatever time, and and bless those moments where Australia and New Zealand are, are in battle together. But the station will be absolutely parochial to what happens uh, from my perspective across the ditch. But just how local, Jared, do you think fans here should expect it to get? I mean, when we had uh, a, a New Zealand network, you know, they had people in around the grounds. I mean, can we expect things like even, you know, top-level club rugby or something like that would find uh, a bit of airtime on SEN or even, you know, maybe sort of slightly fringe sports like back in the day, National Lawn Bowls Championships were broadcast. Do you think <laughs> yep. it'll get, get down to that kind of local level? So I would hope that what happens in Australia where there's a a Queensland station that works its way through all the different sport locally and, and the Sydney station does the same and over in Perth, where Perth sometimes, Western Australia sometimes feels like a different country to the rest of Australia is they tailor the product to what they are passionate about, which is their local football competition as well as the national football competition. So I think ultimately for station management in New Zealand, uh, that would be their remit, that would be their brief is to find what people passionately engage with on a sporting front and then to provide a a platform for it in terms of the sport that happens and then also uh, the vessel for the conversation around it, for the debate around sport. So uh, it won't be... The strings won't be pulled from Australia. Uh, The management that comes into place in New Zealand will make those decisions 
on the ground. And, and I, I would give you the assurance that that's the case study that happens here in Australia. Well, the, the company itself, it's an extraordinary story, uh, just reading about it. It's really risen very quickly, and a lot of this appears to be kind of underpinned by the purchase of local radio licences. I can see 28 across Australia in the last 18 months. It's an absolutely remarkable company. So it was Croc Media. It bought SEN and then now has um, morphed into rebranded as Sports Entertainment Network. So this idea that Craig Hutchison had of buying radio licences town by town across regional Australia, metropolitan Australia, and really he has achieved what only a national broadcaster has done previously in Australia, of having signals and stations the length and breadth of the country. And during COVID, rather than contract, the decision was made to aggressively expand, and that's where Sydney has come in and Perth has come in and Brisbane has come in. So capital cities and regional centres across Australia, uh, an extraordinary national network. I mean, a lot of this seems to be uh, attached to the, the drive and vision of Craig Hutchison. Um, extraordinary profile of him, incidentally, about a month ago in um, uh, the Age newspaper, uh, yes. which paints him as being very driven, a risk taker because this company's expanded pretty fast. You know, some concerns expressed about, well, maybe this uh, won't be financially viable into the future if it doesn't start making more profits. I don't know about that. But also a few people with not so nice things to say about him. Interestingly, he was a journalist, I think like yourself, but uh, not, not especially acclaimed journalist, Craig Hutchison. But um, is there a commitment to actually, you know, a bit of journalism at SEN as well and challenging these sports as well as just, you know, broadcasting them and uh, and getting the, the personalities on? My brief in coming to the station was to create a program which was essentially a, a news and current affairs program for sport. So whatever the key issue in, in sport is today, whether it's the sandpaper scandal re-emerging on the Australian cricket front and talk to the, the chief executive, or the interim chief executive, and his simple refusal to answer the questions about what's happened in the past and and reopening investigations, or the Collingwood Football Club, which is the biggest football team, which is in the middle of a political struggle off-field with the, the current president is about to be challenged by a, by a rival group and that, that is on the horizon and, and looks to take power. So we speak to the Collingwood president that day. We talk to the, the bosses of, of the various sports at, at the key moments where, where they are in vogue. So... Yes, it's, it's both. It's, I think a sports station has to have the live rights to the action. We aspire, and I think it's a pretty good model, we aspire to be more than that. And uh, I'm sure that that's what you'll... Having, knowing Ian Smith, that's what you'll get in the corresponding slot of, um, of what I do once SENZ starts. Yeah, that's right. I, I do remember there was something about the Australian cricket team and some sandpaper. I think they did get a mention yeah. in the news here. At the time. One thing, Jared, that uh, when Radio Sport did fold here, there were some people that uh, wrote about it, tributes to it, and said they'd miss it a lot. Some people did say they found it, you know, it became overbearingly kind of blokey. Uh, there's a lot of macho yep. energy was how one former staff member put it. They couldn't quite shake them. It's some efforts to put some women on air to, to vary the mix a bit, but it didn't quite take. In the, uh, the article in The Age recently, that I referred to before, they, they talk about an advertising target of 
males between 25 and 35, which seems quite a narrow target. I mean, is is there a, a kind of male edge to SEN? Because I look, for example, it, it says, you know, talent-led shows are a big deal. It mentions a, a, a few women's names among the list here, but there's a picture of um, nine blokes, uh, no women amongst them. Is it a company that values putting a bit of diversity on here? Yes, there's a historical lag in sporting media in Australia, and I think that's probably reflected around the world. And there is, uh, well, it's an overdue push to uh, to reframe that. So in Australia, the, the women's uh, sporting competitions, um, the Australian women's cricket team is probably the best national team that uh, that our country has at the moment. There's a semi or semi-professional might be slightly overreaching. There's an ambition for AFLW, so the corresponding women's competition to the men's competition, which has just finished its sixth season, to become to be on the pathway towards being professional. So that's on field and certainly off field. There has been a, a lack of opportunity too often in sports media for females, which is progressively being rectified. So on uh, on our station, Daisy Pearce, who is the I would say the number one uh, historical figure in AFLW, as I say, six seasons in, she's an, an intimate part of my program in Sydney. Stephanie Brantz, who's probably the most established female voice in football, uh, she has her own program. And uh, on a rugby league front, there's a current player who co-hosts The Breakfast Show and, and is starting her own program. So there is the recognition that that has been a flaw in the past within our media, and this would be true on a television front as well, and a determination to open up those opportunities so that the next generation of broadcaster that comes through would be equally represented, or at least the possibility of being equally represented, male to female. What about the listeners, though, Jared? I mean, is it true what the age says here, that there's an advertising target of 25 to 35-year-old males? Because I imagine if, if that is the target, a lot of women probably wouldn't be um, attracted by an output that was uh, targeting them. It only shuts it out if you frame your conversations around that, and I would hope that you could tune into my program as a starting point and there would be you there's no blokiness in that program so mate if, if that is true across each program across each market as I think everyone pitches in their own way but the stronghold historically and internationally of what sports radio has been has been I think it's 25 to 39 year old male and we have tried to lift the horizons on that front if you limit your conversation, and pitch only to that that blokey idea of what sport has been in the past, then you are frankly living in the past. And you won't hear that. I would feel absolutely confident knowing the people who are going to be on air. That's not what you would hear. And it should be broader because in the moments where I don't think sport is a distraction to real life, but in the moments where real life can become absolutely overwhelming, sport's a sanctuary. So you should be able to find programs that speak to you regardless of gender and age because when the all-blacks play, they don't just lock the gates and say only 25 to 35-year-old males are allowed to be interested in this. It is a national obsession, and the sports conversation, I think, should reflect that.
Well, you are, of course, uh, dealing with um, a real story. As you mentioned earlier, there are moments where, you know, real life intrudes and gets overwhelming. Sport has to fit in with that. I guess that's exactly what you're doing at the moment, the prospect of a, of a seven-day lockdown. It may disrupt uh, the plans for uh, your boss to um, to come over and uh, announce what they were hoping to do next week, but we'll see. They may do that without being able to be here. But um, thanks very much for bringing us up to date, Jared Watley, with a company that um, I guess not too many of us were too familiar with, but now we know a bit more. Colin, lovely to chat. It was Jared Waitley, one of the star broadcasters in Australia for the Sports Entertainment Network, the outfit preparing to launch a nationwide 24-7 sports radio network here in New Zealand. And we may know more about when that will happen next week. We'll keep you posted here on Media Watch.